0: Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In podcast. Uh, For this episode, I realize I want to follow up just a little bit on something I started talking about on the last episode. I talked about when I was working on the Promised Land TV series, and we went to St. George, Utah, um, generally in that area, to to film some episodes. And, um, well, one thing I neglected to mention that happened at that very time was that we had a little bit of a shake-up in our uh, catering. (laughs) And uh, I suppose if I'm going to talk about the movie business, it's very important to include some information about catering. Now, uh, just a word of advice, if you happen to be the kind of person that's going to produce maybe a company video, some sort of training video or something, and you want to be professional about it, and you're going to hire some... Uh, you know semi professional people, or maybe some people that you know are just true professionals <laughs> to to do some of the work on your on your project so maybe it's a, you know it's a company training video, but you're hiring a professional actor to be in it, or you have a professional lighting guy that's going to come and be in it, and you know you're just new at this thing of producing videos, but you want to be as professional as you can in order to get along with these people and And have a good smooth production. Well, let me give you one word of advice. Uh, (laughs) The thing you need to uh, worry about that's going to set you apart from other beginning producers is catering. (laughs) Because on movie sets, uh, catering is um, just a given. So if you can take care of catering, get that uh, to work smoothly. You're, you're well ahead of the game as a beginning producer. Now, let me tell you a little bit about how this works. Uh, on a regular movie set or maybe episodic TV, these professional movie productions, um, you'll, you'll have a caterer, and the caterer is uh, normally responsible for uh, a breakfast. So the crew can come before crew call and have a, a, a hot breakfast. And then six hours after the general crew call, when everyone starts working, they'll have a lunch break. And so the caterer is responsible for uh, providing that lunch as well. So um, that's that's one of the, you know, givens on a movie set. Every six hours, there'll be a break for some sort of meal. So if your workday is less than 12 hours long then, um, you know, you only have the, the hot breakfast before you start working and the lunch break. If you happen to go longer than 12 hours, so you've got, uh, you know, six hours after lunch and you're still working, then um, the, the producers are responsible for providing what they call second meal, <laughs> uh, even though it would sort of be the third meal, but they call it second meal. And so they try to avoid having to do that because that is a, a major expense to provide meals for, um, you know, say, 100 people on the crew, perhaps. Um, And if you can avoid having that expense, of course, you know, you want to avoid doing that. But again, it all depends on how long the workday is going. And it's just a given in the Hollywood system. I don't know if the, you know, union rules and things have evolved to the point where you just expect to be fed every six hours. So, uh, and in the meantime, there is what's called craft service. And craft service is, um, you know, snacks that are provided throughout the day. Uh, usually, you know, if you're lucky, healthy snacks. And the craft service person can put a lot of effort into what they're, uh, what they're preparing. They may have, a, you know, a, a fruit tray with uh, fresh fruits that they've cut and prepared and, you know, a nice presentation of fresh fruits but uh, depending on the circumstances of where you are if you're out on a location somewhere where fresh fruit would be uh you know a difficult thing to to provide then you know maybe sandwiches crackers maybe these individually wrapped uh, snacks like granola bars or you know rice crispy treats and these sorts of things that you can get in individually wrapped uh you know convenient uh little packages. You know, this is the kind of thing that the the craft service person is always on the lookout for. Things that are easy to prepare, uh, things that people can eat sort of on the go while they're still working. And also, of course, um, beverages. Uh, Primarily bottled water is a very common thing on movie sets because it is uh, the best way to quench your thirst better than sodas and everything, just just plain old water. And being in bottles like that, then it's very convenient to just, you know, grab a bottle and keep working and keep that bottle in your pocket or something like that. So, uh, But they do provide sodas usually also uh, for those who just, uh, you know, there are a significant number of people in the world who uh, just can't seem to uh, concentrate without their hourly dose of caffeine or whatever they- happen to be getting out of their uh out of their sodas. So uh when I worked on the the Promised Land show full time, um I just turned about thirty years old. So I just sort of reached another milestone in life and my metabolism changed. So because of that change in my metabolism, um suddenly I was gaining weight <laughs> for about the first time in my life. I was always kind of a, you know, a, a slender kid. But all of a sudden, boy, I was gaining weight. And just at the time when I was getting really uh, good meal opportunities from the caterer at Promised Land, and, you know, it's kind of a buffet every day, and, you know, pretty much all you can eat. <laughs> and so uh, for the in the first couple of months of working on Promised Land, I'll bet I gained 10 or 15 pounds. Just in that time alone, so this a little something to, to watch out for. I wish I had been a little bit more careful about that because you know those are pounds that have really never gone away even after all these years. So, so watch out for that if you do start working full time on uh, movies. Uh, yeah, there's plenty to eat. I don't think anyone ever starved to death on a movie set in this country. So, uh, just watch yourself and try to be healthy about it. One thing I realized early on was that, okay, you can drink as much soda as you want. There's someone from craft service that's got some coolers that they're always keeping full of sodas and ice. And so, you know, just grab a can of pop if you feel like it. Now I had uh, known, uh, before I started working on the show that. Soda wasn't really the best thing for me <laughs> but uh it became very clear that soda was not a good thing to drink when I uh realized well uh, the first uh, few weeks of working on Promised Land it was it was the middle of the summer it was hot and and we were uh in some very hot uh, you know out of the way locations there at the beginning so you just think in the middle of the desert it's uh you know 100 degrees Western U S and you're hot and you're thirsty. And, uh, so, well, grab a can of soda, drink that. And I quickly realized that a can of soda in, in, uh, those conditions is not really refreshing. All it really did for me was make my mouth feel sticky and, you know, I was still kind of thirsty. So, um, yeah. So then I realized early on, you know, the best thing is this, this water and they had this nice bottled water that, uh, you know it just goes down smooth and it was a real thirst quencher and so i'll just uh uh you know give my little plug here for good healthy living <laughs> drink water drink pure water that's the best drink you can drink and especially if you're out working uh, in in the hot weather conditions just drink you know pure clean water and uh you'll you'll do much better Now, as for the catering, okay, the catering being separate from the craft service, the catering was there so you could actually sit down and stop working and enjoy a meal. As I said, they had hot breakfast. So let's say the crew call in the morning is 7 a.m. Everyone's got to be there and start working at 7 a.m. Well, then the caterer usually has, uh, they they fire up their stuff maybe even an hour earlier than that. And uh, they're ready and you can go. You know, order pancakes, French toast, <laughs> uh, bacon, egg and cheese sandwich, omelets, whatever. They were very good about, uh, you know, just kind of whipping up whatever you want there uh, in the morning. And you could, you know, custom order your meal and uh, sit down, you know, have some juice. They had a nice buffet line where, you know, you could get juice and maybe cold cereal if you wanted to. They have, you know, hot oatmeal. It's just, you know, nice just a very nice breakfast. And, um, usually the caterer would try to set up, uh, well, if we were at our studio, there was kind of a warehouse area where they'd set up tables and, and, you know, have these kind of temporary plastic tablecloths on there and make it very nice tables and chairs. And you have a nice place to sit and, uh, enjoy your meal with your fellow crew members. If we were out on location somewhere, they had, um, one of these, you know, temporary tents with the the good aluminum poles, you know, to hold it up. So a large enough tent that you could, you know, easily have over a hundred people sitting in there with tables and, and enjoy a meal. So um, so we got to have that if we were out on location somewhere. So always very nice accommodations. And they tried as hard as they could to make it as as comfortable and as clean as a nice place, uh, as nice a place as, as they could to have us eating somewhere. So sometimes it would just be set up in a parking lot if there was a parking lot near some place where we were filming, if uh, we were filming somewhere and there was a building nearby, maybe a community center or even a church that might have sort of a gymnasium in it, uh, uh, part of a school, if those things were available, they'd try to you know be able to rent that space so we could have a place to have lunch. And, um, it was always very nice. And the caterer we had on Promised Land uh, did, a, did a great job, a lot of really tasty stuff. So um, when we started with the promised land show. Um, well, the initial guarantee was that, um, the network has ordered, I think it was nine episodes. So basically it was five months, five months of filming after that, you know, the network may decide we don't want this show. That's it. Or they may order more episodes. And, uh, you know, usually we were hoping they would order the initial uh, nine and then, you know, as we got going, they'd say, okay, we want the other 13 and then you would have your typical 22 episode run for a season. So as we got going on the and Show, of course, we all hoped that the job would continue, that we'd be able to do the full season's worth of uh, 22 episodes. But in the meantime, there were some people on our crew who had other commitments who weren't uh, necessarily used to working on a long-term commitment like, you know, 9 or 10 months on a show like Promised Land so they had other things lined up other jobs lined up and uh you know that's just a fact of life in the movie business you always have to kind of have your next job in mind and where you're going to go and what else is coming to town where can I get a job after this uh this project is done so our caterer ha- had already lined up something to do um basically um at the end of 1996 uh, he was going to Chicago to be in charge of catering for home alone three, and so uh, we got to enjoy his wonderful food. Well we basically had we had the one guy who was sort of in charge of uh, the catering crew he wasn 't just working just by himself, you know, but he was the guy in charge with you know a lot of his uh, recipes and menus you know at work on the show, and he would hire you know the rest of his cooks and things. Um, and, um, well, we we loved Paul was in charge of catering on the show. But then, of course, he left. He left, uh, you know, sometime in November thereabouts to go to Chicago to work on Home Alone 3. So there we were now working with another caterer that came in. And, um, mm, well, I wouldn't say they're bad caterers. It's just that it's, uh, we didn't seem to like their their work as much as we like Paul's work. Okay. So we're being a little bit whiny, I'm sure. And that's something to keep in mind, you know, when you're working on these shows. Um the food is free, really. So, you know, no no need to gorge yourself. <laughs> I know every now and then you get somebody who uh, you know, an extra who gets a little I don't know, they act like they've been homeless or something and they see, you know, these these snacks and they start loading their pockets up like they're going to, you know, subsist for the next two weeks on the stuff they're going to take home from working on the movie. It's like, come on, (laughs) just relax. You know, maybe you can come back here and work and you can keep eating the snacks, but don't, you know, don't fill your pockets and take it home. Give me a break. So, um, but, but it is, you know, free food. So in addition to whatever you're getting paid to be there, which isn't always a lot of money, you do get the free meals. You could, I suppose, if you wanted to, you could bring you know a lunch box from home and have something uh, but uh, you you didn't need that the the nice thing about having a caterer on a movie set is that of course um, it sort of speeds up the process of getting the the work done when you do have that lunch break it's uh it's only going to be about thirty or forty minutes long, and then you get back to work and the reason you can have these shorter lunch breaks is that you know, the, the food's right there. <laughs> you don't have to, okay, everybody, you know, go their separate ways and go get something to eat and we'll meet you back here later. No, no, we're, we're right there. Stop, have lunch, and then go right back to work. So um, that, I think, justifies the expense of having a caterer there as far as, uh, you know, the producers having to shell out the uh, the money for this. Um, it it works out to their advantage because again, having a good, efficient meal break and good, get back to work, uh, without losing too much time, that's, it works out. So the free lunch thing, that, that's great. That's great for everybody, I think. Um, but it is kind of ironic that, uh, sometimes (laughs) film crew members get, they get a little bit spoiled and even though they're getting a free lunch they might still complain about it. Oh, I don't like this as much as Paul's lunch, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, so yeah, so I'm working on Promised Land. Paul goes away to work on Home Alone 3, and we all missed him, um, you know, because we we liked him just generally anyway. And then again, we did have some people whining about the new caterer's uh, food. And so I don't know who made the arrangements, but when we went to St. George in uh, February of 1997 to do some location work for Promised Land. When we got there, we had our first uh, lunch break that day. And lo and behold, who who is there for us in St. George? They'd arranged to get Paul back. So our beloved caterer, Paul, was back. And uh, we continued to have him uh, working as our caterer on the show for the rest of the run. Uh, Paul's still around uh, doing a movie catering. In Utah he works on uh, all the big shows now anything that comes through town you know high school musical and stuff like that you know I'm sure Paul is probably their caterer his catering company called the pig boys pig as in you know the animal pig so um, you know if you happen to you know be working around Utah and you know you see the pig boys are the caterers and you you know I think you'll I think you'll enjoy the meal (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, uh, it's funny cause I believe I heard, uh, Gerald McCraney, uh, on the, on the day that Paul came back when we were down in St. George, I, I believe I heard him say to Paul, oh great. Now I'm going to gain back all that weight. I was just trying to lose. <laughs> we all knew that Paul's food was, uh, was very appetizing and, uh, yeah, you could easily gain weight eating that stuff. Um now this this brings to mind one other thing that happened at that time there was uh, a a little sequence in the episode uh, that we did the episode called Outrage episode 119 of Promised Land the one where the um uh, you know, the green family got to learn more about the beauty of the Native American culture um yeah so when we are working on that episode there was one location it was uh to the east of St George where you had kind of this, this outcropping of, uh, you know, this little hill with all these red rocks and things. And it was very sandy there, and it happened to be very windy there all day when we were filming there. And so uh, uh, Paul and his crew had set up a catering tent and, their, and their, all their catering uh, equipment, um, you know, just kind of at the base of this hill out of the way so it wouldn't show up on camera. But they had a nice little area they'd set up there, but it was so windy... That they must have just been miserable trying to get everything set up and make it nice for everybody. And then uh, when we did show up for lunch at the middle of the day, um, well, Paul usually had a little whiteboard next to uh, the catering truck where he would write down um, what was on the menu that day. And there was a pretty good variety, you know, it was always uh, something that was sort of a uh, a beef-based uh, meal you could order or uh, a chicken or pork-based meal you could order, maybe a fish, uh, you know, also something on the menu, you know, <laughs> a selection that was a fish of some sort. And then also they were very um, aware that uh, there were some people that preferred a vegetarian alternative, so they were very good at about accommodating all of these, uh, all of the, you know, the, the various preferences of the crew members there. And so uh, I, I remember this one day when it was so windy and sandy uh, on the whiteboard where it listed what we were having that day. <laughs> they added two words to the end of each line. So where it might have said, uh, on the menu today we have you know beef lasagna. Now it said beef lasagna with sand. And uh, we also have an uh, you know, herb lemon chicken with sand. We also have a baked halibut with sand (laughs) so everything everything on the menu said with sand uh as i recall it wasn't that bad but they just wanted to acknowledge the fact that you know we're doing our best here but man there's a lot of sand in the air so please uh you know take your food and get into the tent as quickly as you can so you don't get sand all over your food (laughs) Anyway, just a few things to uh, recognize uh, about food and catering, which, again, is very important on a film set. Um, I've I've worked on shows where, you know, a year later, after the show is done, people are talking about, hey, did you work on that show? Yeah, I did. How was the catering on that show? I mean, I don't know what it is, but film crew members, food is important. (laughs) So again, that's just a little bit of advice to you. If you are uh, kind of a beginning producer, you're working on student films or you're doing little corporate videos and stuff. And uh, just make sure you've got the food thing under control. You got plenty of food for people and that you take a break at least uh, once every six hours so that people can eat. And then they will think you are very professional as a producer. And um, so just keep that in mind. Also a craft service, you know, try to have a little few snacks around and you know, even if you don't have like, you know, an abundance of snacks, people have compared the little craft service table to, oh, it's like being on a cruise. You know, there's just food all the time. It doesn't have to be that elaborate, but you do want to make sure you've got drinks and uh, plenty of bottled water. And, you know, for those who really, really need their soda, have a few of those around too. And uh, you'll earn some brownie points with the crew if you keep them hydrated that way. And, uh, So just a word of advice there. Now, when it comes to second meal, let me just give you a little uh, information on that, too. Uh, What they call second meal, which is, you know, if you've had the crew on for a full 12 hours and you're providing this second meal. um, Usually it's, it's not the caterer responsible for that anymore. The caterer is already packed up and starting to get ready for the next day's work. So it's the craft service person who's usually in charge of getting the second meal. And so, um, you know, they they need something that's fast and easy and uh, something that doesn't slow the crew down too much. You know, maybe we're just going to pass this food around and everyone just, you know, we're going to take like five minutes, just eat, and then we got to finish up the day's work, you know. So uh, this is the typically what second meal turns out to be. And so it is uh, a lot of times it's something that's, you know, burgers or pizza or, you know, Chinese food or something that's very easy to just kind of eat, eat on the run. And so, you know, it's a difficult thing for the craft service person to have to figure out, well, where am I going to get a second meal and to put in an order early enough that if you are, you know, getting a hundred hamburgers or something, (laughs) you've contacted someone who can provide that for you uh, without, uh, messing up, uh, you know, the schedule too much. So uh, just a little something to think about. Now, um, there are times, uh, in in, in the movie world where you have what are called split days and split days are when you've got some night exterior scenes you have to do things that definitely need to be filmed at night. Or maybe you've just run behind schedule and because you're behind schedule, even though you're not filming outdoors at night, you still have to start the day late in order to accommodate, uh, you know, the fact that you just run behind uh, on other days and you have to give people adequate time off between shifts, you know. So uh, if you have a late start time or a late crew call, let's say nobody starts uh, until noon Today because we've got some stuff to film in the day and then we've got a bunch of stuff to film after dark. So our crew call time is noon. They still refer to that meal that's available right before crew call time as breakfast. And uh, you know, they'll probably still make omelets and pancakes and stuff for you, but they might have, you know, burgers and a few things like that, something simple that they can provide for those crew members who want to show up early before crew call and have something to eat. And then, okay, six hours later, so at 6 p.m., they'll have what they call lunch. They they will indeed still call it lunch, even though it's 6 p.m. And then if they do need a second meal, you know, ar- around midnight, <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge there because whoever's uh, responsible for getting second meal has to figure out where can I get something, uh, you know, at, at 11 or 12 at night for the crew, so... Uh, you know, important, and and it's it's nothing to be uh, dismissed lightly. These are people that work hard, and it's a a very important thing that they do. So a little bit of respect, please, for the craft service people and for the catering people, uh, because they have, again, very important uh, jobs to do. (laughs) I remember one time we had a whole bunch of night work to do, so our crew call wasn't until like three o'clock in the afternoon, and we just had a little bit to, to film before sundown, and then a whole bunch of stuff after sundown. So uh, we had our lunch break at 9 p.m., and they still called it lunch, even though it was 9 p.m. I think we wrapped up well before 3 a.m., so we didn't have to worry about a second meal at 3 a.m., But, uh, you know, sometimes this happens. And, uh, you know, there are, of course, productions you might work on where uh, you just work all night. I mean, an old movie that a lot of people like called American Graffiti. This is a movie that pretty much takes place all in one night. So the movie, as far as the story, uh, begins at sundown and then continues all night long until sunrise. And so when they filmed that movie... You know, it was just nothing but night work for for weeks. <laughs> just really, you know, really uh, brutal on the crew having to just work nights all night long. But uh, this this happens sometimes. And, you know, in that case, I'm sure they do have, you know, lunch at, uh, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning or things. I, I don't know, you know. So, um, yeah, so something to be aware of. Okay, well, that's enough for now. Tell you what, uh, I'll see you on the next episode. Now, I do have new episodes of this podcast every Thursday night at 8, 7 Central Time, and if you're looking for the official show notes of the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In podcast, just go to utahstandin.blogspot.com and you can send me any feedback, any email, any friendly notes at uh, moviestandin at gmail.com. Once again, the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In podcast is based entirely on the accuracy of my own memory. So, you know, relax. Just relax and enjoy. (laughs) And I'll see you next time on the Memoirs of a Movie Stand-In podcast.